the Bible Study Podcast, episode 323. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the Gospel of John with chapters 3 and 4. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We pick up our story here in John chapter 3, verse 22. John testifies again about Jesus. After this, Jesus and his disciples went out into the Judean countryside, where he spent some time with them and baptized. Now John was also baptizing at Anan near Salim, because there was plenty of water, and people were coming and being baptized. This was before John was put in prison. An argument developed between some of John's disciples and a certain Jew over matters of ceremonial washing. They came to John and said to him, Rabbi, that man who was with you on the other side of the Jordan, the one you testified about, look, he is baptizing and everyone is going to him. To this John replied, a person can receive only what is given them from heaven. You yourself can testify that I said, I am not the Messiah, but I am sent ahead of him. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him and is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. That joy is mine and it is now complete. He must become greater. I must become less. The one who comes from above is above all. The one who is from the earth belongs to the earth and speaks as one from the earth. The one who comes from heaven is above all. He testifies to what he has seen and heard, but no one accepts his testimony. Whoever has accepted it has certified that God is truthful. For the one whom God has sent speaks the words of God for God, gives the Spirit without limit. The Father loves the Son and has placed everything in his hands. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on them. John's response here is a little long-winded, so let's take some time looking at it. Now, remember, John, the gospel writer, used to be a disciple of John the Baptist. And so anytime he is telling us a story about John the Baptist, he's talking about someone he knows well. And he probably knows even the people who John is having this conversation with. But someone comes up to John because Jesus and John are both baptizing out in the Judea countryside. And someone says, hey, John... People are going to that other guy. People are going to that that other rabbi. People are going to Jesus and getting him to baptize. What's the story with that? And aren't you going to do something about that? And maybe you should tell him to move a little further north and put a little space between you. Or We don't know exactly what they expected him to do, but John is saying... This is a good thing. This is the way it should be. Remember, I told you that I'm not the Messiah, but I was the sent ahead of him. And then he tells the story about the bride and the bridegroom. The joke goes, why does everybody cry at weddings? Because the bride never marries the best man. But John is saying that I'm like the best man. And when everything goes well at the end of the wedding, it's not successful until I watch another guy get married to the bride. Basically, he's saying, it's not my role, it's not my job, it's not my party, that I am here to point to him. That is what I'm here for. And that's a good thing for all of us to remember, because it was true of John the Baptist, and even more true of us, that it's not about us. It's not about our church even. It's not about our pastor for sure. It's it's about Jesus. And John is a great role model here. He says, 
this is the one who matters. We should listen to him. They should be going to him. And I am joyful just like you would be joyful if you got invited to a wedding as an ask to be the best man. Just as if you got asked to join in that party, you would react in joy even though somebody else gets married. That's the appropriate response. And John says just in the same way, everybody going to Jesus, everybody realizing the importance of Jesus, the the supremacy of Jesus over me, that's a good thing and I take great joy in that. And then John gives them this hints about Jesus basically as he talks about one from earth and one from heaven. He's talking about himself versus Jesus and he's basically saying that Jesus has come down from heaven and speaks for God because he has seen God. Jesus speaks for the Father because he is the Son. And that everybody who believes in the Son has eternal life. And if you reject the Son, God's wrath remains on them. And that's a great way to say that. It doesn't say that God is angry with everybody who rejects the Son. He's saying that God is angry with everybody. That God is angry that sin has broken that relationship and that Jesus has come to mend it. And if you don't accept Jesus, then you remain in that unmended state, in that broken state, and the wrath of God remains on you. And so he is really saying here that Jesus is the way to fix that fundamental problem that everyone has, that we are out of right relationship with God, that we are in a state of sin, and how joyful it is to John to see that come about. Let's continue on into John 4. Jesus talks with a Samaritan woman. Now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John, although in fact it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he had come to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews did not associate with Samaritans. Jesus asked her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would give you living water. Sir, the woman said, Have You have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, Believe me, a time is coming when you will worship 
the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. There's a couple different versions, obviously, of this story in the different Gospels. John's version, interestingly enough, doesn't say anything at all about the disciples' response to come back and seeing Jesus talking to a woman, let alone talking to a Samaritan, both of which would be something that would not be acceptable in his day and age. Talking to a woman in public isn't acceptable unless she is your wife. And talking to a Samaritan isn't acceptable because the Samaritans are an interesting people. When the northern tribes, the northern ten tribes of Israel, were taken off into captivity by the Assyrians, they then brought in people to live in those areas. And they very quickly ran into problems because things were going wrong. And they said, let's find a priest who will tell us about the gods that these people worshipped here. Well, actually, the gods that these people should have worshipped, but didn't, which got them thrown off into exile and to disbursement. But they brought in priests to teach them how to be Jewish. And the odd thing is, they were probably then more Jewish than the people who left, because that is why the people, again, went away, because the the Assyrians came in because God finally got tired of the northern ten tribes continually worshiping false gods. And so the Samaritans may have some Jewish blood, or they may be all foreign blood. They were to the Jewish people somewhere between half-breed and charlatans, people who claimed to be Jewish but weren't. And I use terms that are not that acceptable, that are not very politically correct, because that is how they would have been seen. And inside of that, we see this woman who's coming to draw water in the middle of the day, in the heat of the day. And typically, she should be coming with the other women of the village in the morning and in the evening. And so we believe that she is herself an outcast from the outcasts. And yet Jesus has this interesting conversation with her that starts over, would you give me a drink? Now, Jesus really does make the most of a conversation because he goes from, will you give me a drink, to I am the Messiah here in a relatively short period of time. And the very first thing the Samaritan woman says, I'm surprised you're even talking to me because you're Jewish and I'm not, because you're Jewish and I'm a Samaritan woman. And Jesus said, well, really, if you'd known who I was, you would have asked me for something. You would have asked me for something that I could give you. Well, now he's got her intrigued because what can you give me? And you would have asked for this water that I would give you this living water. Now, this coming from a man who just asked for a drink of water, but she she bites. She says, what's going on? How can you draw this? Are you greater than Jacob? How are you going to get water from this well, this ancient well at this time? Been there for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. And Jesus says, well, you drink this, you get thirsty. What I'm offering 
you won't get thirsty again. And she's, she sees the benefit of that. And if you think about the amount of time, and this is something that we see in developing nations even now, is women and girls tend to be the ones who go fetch the water. And with girls, it often interrupts education because they may walk a mile, because they may walk an hour to go get water from a fresh source even today. And so this offer of I, you would never be thirsty again is pretty good. And so she says, well, give me some of that. I, that sounds pretty good. I'm, I'm now interested. And he takes the conversation a different way. And he says, well, sure, bring your, bring your husband. And they f- suddenly now they were talking about water. And then they were talking about living water. And now they're talking about the fact that she doesn't have a husband. But in fact, she's sleeping with a man. And she's been with five men, which is probably why she's there in the middle of the day. Because each of those men may, in fact, have been somebody else's husband. So we don't know what her reputation is. But it's probably not very good. And Jesus doesn't condemn her. He just says, yeah, that's you gave me a good answer. You gave me an accurate answer here. But he does point out her situation to her, which he shouldn't have known. Suddenly she sees that he's a prophet, and now they're not talking about her family, and now they're not talking about water or living water. Now they're talking about religion. She goes to the core of the debate between the Jews and the Samaritans, which is where should you worship? And the Jews said, well, you worship at the temple, you worship in Jerusalem. And they weren't as welcome in Jerusalem. They weren't as welcome in the temple, and so they worship on the mountain up here. And she says, well, which is correct? And he says, you know, that's not so important, basically, is this answer. Yes, salvation comes through the Jews. But what God is really doing, what God is building here real soon now, is a a time when people worship God in spirit and in truth. And she says, well, I know the Messiah will tell us everything. And he says, he's here, he's now, he's the one asking you for water. That's quite a ways to come from I'm thirsty to you're thirsty to you're outcast to God is doing something different through me. But Jesus gets all that way. And what we learn from the other Gospels is she goes, leaves the water, runs into town, tells all those people who may not be too fond of her. They come out. He stays with them a couple days and they come to believe and they say to her afterwards, we believed at first through what you heard. We believed at first through what you said, but now we have heard for ourselves and believe. And so Jesus turns this opportunity of being thirsty into salvation for a whole town. That is a pretty darn good use of time. There's some really wonderful time management training in that. And it reminds me of the verse from First Peter that says, make the most of every opportunity. Be prepared to give defense for your be prepared to give defense for what you believe. Jesus doesn't start a conversation here with, hey, I'm Jewish and you're not. Let's talk about worship. He starts on common ground. We're here at the well because we're thirsty. I see that you have other thirst. Jesus meets this woman where she is, meets her alone, meets her in the middle of the day, meets her in the heat of the day, and solves what she didn't even realize was her problem. At the end of the story, she ends up not only accepted by God, but apparently accepted again by the village. How cool is that?
With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can check us out on Facebook or follow me on Twitter at Chris X. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Hi, friend. Are you stressed, maybe even worried about so many needs around you that you've forgotten you are worth taking care of, too? Well, I'm Bonnie Gray, the host of Breathe, the Stress Less podcast. I want to invite you to join me as I share practical tips based on science, inspired by God's Word, to help you spark joy and restore God's peace and love to your soul. Subscribe now and go to lifeaudio.com.